0: Welcome to M Square Podcast, one of the leading marketing and entrepreneurship podcasts in India. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special episode of M Square that is Marketing with Manik. And I am your host, Anurag Manik. Today, we have with us Ms. Urbashi Chaudhary. She's a great content creator, a fashion influencer, and she's going to give us some actionable ideas about how we can succeed at a big company and still manage to be a digital creator, and all of it while being a mother. So it gives us immense pleasure to invite Ms. Urvashi Chaudhary for this exclusive episode of M-Square, and that is Marketing with Manik. So without any further ado, let's dive right into this episode of M-Square. So hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of M-Square podcast, uh, that is Marketing with Manik, and I'm your host, Anurag Manik. Today we have with us, and it's a great, great pleasure and honor to have uh, Urvashi with us so let's just, just give you a little brief about her uh, she's a smart a great content creator fashion influencer and she's going to give us some actionable ideas about how you, we can succeed at a big company and still manage to have a digital creator career and all of it while being a mother so Urvashi has spent almost her entire career in corporate affairs and now she's an award winner of FDCI X Blender Sprite Fashion Tour 2021 thank you so much for giving us your time and you know
1: absolutely Anurag thank you for having me over today be- with. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I have uh, heard few of your podcasts and they're amazing. It's very inspiring uh, for so many of us. So, I'm actually very excited about this.
0: So that, that thank you so much, Uvashi. So, she like, you know, to begin with, I would like to know about your story, you know, as you work at a, you know, a big company, a big MNC company. And now to being a digital creator, if you would, if you can you know, just share your story with us. It's, it's quite the journey or quite the story which most of us want in our lives right now. So you can, you know, act as an inspiration and then as a flag bearer of all of our stories in that way.
1: I really hope so. Uh, just a small correction: it's not nine to five; it's eight to nine
0: okay, <laughs> most
1: yeah. of the
0: days. Uh, that's mostly how I'll do say, you
1: would be working on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> eight to until and unless the work is over, and I that's a better way. to
1: oh <laughs> My gosh, yes.
0: Uh, I also I also work, so I understand that. So, yeah,
1: right, and even Ria would kind of be clapping for us right now at this point in time. But that's how it is. Uh, well. You want to know about how the whole blog came into being and stuff like that? Yes,
0: yes. And how was your experience in the corporate and how, you know, uh, you transformed into this being a digital influencer?
1: Right. Um, I'll give you a very honest answer, right? So I come from a Bengali background and we are very intellectually and technically sound and we take so much pride in it. And what I have observed throughout my growing period is that we, as much as we attach reputational stereotype to fashion um, or the clothes that we choose to wear, um, and we take so much pride in being technically sound and being engineers, doctors, and whatnot, uh, we often forget the soft skills part of it and using fashion as a medium to kind of, you know, um, portray our authentic self. And... um, Even throughout my growing period, so be it in my college, my engineering college, my post-graduation college, one thing that I have observed is, especially in India, uh, we kind of look down upon people um, who like to be presentable and be put together. We kind of doubt their intelligence uh, when it comes to all this, right? And I kind of wanted to break that myth that, you know, people who are intelligent cannot love fashion, and uh, predominantly when I got a good offer right out of college and had like I had proven myself being technically sound I also wanted to kind of break that barrier and tell people like you know I've made it good with my education and all of it but fashion is something that I equally love that I'm passionate about and um Fashion, for me, is feeling confident in my own skin. And that's exactly how the blog came into being about corporate fashion. And that's how it all started 10 years ago. um, I think it's some 11 years ago, not even 10, uh, when I started my first blog. And that happened from my first corporate um, career start that was how it started yeah
0: but that's been quite a journey you know to uh, actually feeling it and you know when you put out the work so when we go across your work it just feels that you're very much attached to your work and you you know pay uh, details to the intricacies of it it's just not like you wanted to be a fashion blogger or a fashion influencer you've become there is a purpose attached to it and there is a way you want to go about it and you know like how to be more presentable in your corporate affair you know fashion is not just you know like you're going to a party or you're going somewhere it's equally important when you're working in a corporate life so how do you feel like uh, like suppose in a corporate setup how important it is to be presentable and if you're in a client facing business it becomes of you know supreme importance so have you faced like have you faced that thing have you you know understood the importance of it or was there any place where you know were like you were so presentable that we actually liked because you were technically you know knowledgeable and you, you think that being more presentable or being more fashionable adds on to it you know like it's like a cherry on the cake or like an icy, icing on the cake.
1: Um, well, I would say that I have been fortunate enough. So I'll tell you one story. So my first manager, her name uh, is Mamda Bakshi, and she was heading the customer service department and the quality department for one of the topmost real estate companies. And I distinctly remember her telling this to me. And she was also one of those people uh, who liked being put together. And she said, I wish you know what? Um, I like people who take interest in themselves, put in that extra minute or two on making themselves presentable because if you're putting in that effort in yourself your work would also you would also work towards your projects or towards your office in a similar fashion and you would not neglect it Uh, because come on I mean everybody would want to sleep in that extra 10 minutes in the morning but if you're waking up early to ensure that you are dressing up well and you're feeling confident in yourself, you are also going to ensure that the work that you work on, the projects that you work on is also um, up to the notch. So um, I always have had people in my career who have supported me, look presentable, and they've always acknowledged the fact that, you know, they like me being presentable. So I think that worked in my favor, but I also know of people, like especially in construction industries, um, you know, if you're put together, even on sides, right? Of course, if I'm going on side, I will not be in a blazer and, you know, in my stilettos. I would dress the part. Uh, but at the same time, you can be presentable. Like you can have your shirt tucked in well and all of it. So these are small little things which kind of helps you take your notch higher. Um, and the second thing which I would like to add is that whenever, you know, you're presenting something, if you're put together, I have observed that people are more attentive to you. Uh, than if you're just, just reckless and just you know, laid back with your shirt out and all of it, people wouldn't really pay heed. Yes,
0: it does make a difference. You know, people start taking you a little more seriously. I feel I've felt that in my own sense, you know. So when I've been working, I, I was not always... Uh, initially, I was not very much into dressing. I didn't. I don't like formals, to be very honest. I'm, I feel a little... Uncomfortable in them. I'm not sure because I'm not being you know. I, did, I when I did my MBA, the most uncomfortable I felt was on the days of the presentation because I have to put in that shirt, blazer, and all. I'm not very much comfortable with it. But yeah, I know that's the need of the hour, so I have to do. So I have understood. But you know, later down the hour, after working years in the corporate, I realized that uh, you know I got some sense. You know, watching a lot of fashion bloggers, I realized that there is you know I need. <laughs> I am okay at work I'm decent at work so if if I just notch it up you know my dressing it uh, thing uh, a little bit higher it works and then you know like it suddenly changed the perception of mine change that Anurag dress as well why don't we send him to the client location let him sit at the client location if there is no work because you know he's a good face to the client because the client will see okay this is the guy they're sending and you know Okay, even if you're not working there, if you still look good, and that matters a lot. I mean, see, looking good is looked look yeah, down yeah, upon, to that. be very honest. Looking good is looked down upon, okay, that you're trying to be an eye candy. But yeah, you know,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not trying to be an eye candy. You're actually added a much more, you know, uh, layer to your work and which actually adds up on. So I can relate to you when you're saying that. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah. So like, is there any story, any funny story, which is there in your past, you know, like and not necessarily from a professional setup or a personal setup here, yeah, you know, which has inspired you to, to you know, do much more in this field and to make it a much more relatable field. So is there any funny or a normal story you would also do, you know, which remembers you, uh, which you remember, I'm sorry, which you remember as such?
1: Um, it's it's a very silly story, if I may say. So, so I remember that, uh, you know, I used to often carry like, um, so we girls, we love wearing lipsticks, right? Uh, But at the same time, I don't know, maybe it's too much of information, but sometimes uh, when you've just come back, from, when you've just probably just had your lunch and you've come back, I used to not like when a lot of ladies used to have their lipsticks half here, half there, it used to look very improper to me, right? So I used to often carry a lipstick in my pocket and uh, it was one such time when I happened to come back um, and I kept the lipstick on my desk right beside my laptop. And my uh, manager back then he was a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy. and um, he's to sit right next to me, okay. So there's one more guy who happens to cross from the back and he again was a very senior guy. and he mentioned like oh, what's what's that on your desk? Uh, it looks quite fancy. And my manager goes, oh, that's a human highlighter And I was like, oh, oh. my gosh, she's talking about that. So that's a very silly story, but I remember that distinctly. we had our like very hefty laugh
0: right after that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, no story is a silly story because, you know, you all have memories and you're something's attached to it. And I think stories act as milestones in our life. You know, we, you know, circulate a particular incident around that certain story. So, no, now coming to stories, Urvashi, and like you might have had a lot of them. And now when you venture, okay. So, uh, when, uh, there, there is a serious, I will say, a serious dearth of people uh, who are not only doing a fashion influencing. So, you see, like you, you're not only doing fashion influencing, you have a life apart from it. And uh, you know, these are, this is a very rare, uh, what do you say, find in the fashion industry. So, uh, and now coming up to the marketing and a branding and an influencer part of it. So, uh, so, suppose if a brand reaches out to you, so do you feel there is a difference in which they treat you to rather they treat other influencers or how is it like if you can just shed some light on that?
1: Um, I would not be the right person to comment on how they treat other influencers versus how they treat me because um, precisely I don't have visibility to that. Um, I do have visibility on how they treat me or the way they approach me. Um, now now that I'm in Dubai, um, I was in India for quite a while. I mean, for eight, nine years, I was blogging there and I was working with a lot of brands. I do see that there is lack of structure um, in the whole influencer community. And by structure, I mean, um, there is still a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of you know, making influencers or um, I like to call social influencers as digital entrepreneurs because we all are running our own business and it's a tiny little world that we have. Um, I feel there is a strong dearth of people taking this business very seriously. um, And it's time that we start pushing back in terms of not doing it for free. Um, I still remember early on my blogging days, I was into blogging for a couple of years, which is like quite eight years back. And I had this brand reach out to me and this guy, he was the CEO of the brand. Uh, It was not a big brand. It was a tiny brand. Um, um, And he asking me like, um, you know, we'll send you this stuff and just do this content and that and this when I started attaching commercials to it, it was a very blank and naive question which was thrown at me saying that, but you guys are content creators. Why do you need money to create content? Um, It's a very silly question now when I think of it, but I actually tried reasoning it out that you're investing your time, your creativity into creating a marketing deck for this company or the brand that you're working for. So I think that mentality has yet not changed. We are... You know, 10 years down the line and we still have brands and PR people reaching out to you saying that, can you not do it for free? And we are a startup, but you do have a startup to have an employee checking out on influencers, but you cannot pay the influencer. So that's one of the things that I still have um, my apprehensions with. But, yeah, that's what I feel
0: Okay, that's a very unique take, you know, which uh, something which we were not privy to as, uh, you know, being new and, you know, we were not privy to this information which you have just shared and that's a very important aspect of it also. Like, you, you're you not doing stuff, you know, just because the other person wants to do it for free, free because you're going to invest your time into it, you're going to invest your resources into it and that takes effort. So, it's not the, uh, it's, it's the effort is what you're asking to be paid for. It's not something which you're doing for free and that's a very good take. So, now, ubashi you know, like, as we were discussing, you have been into blogging for a very long time or nine years and that's a very long time and you have seen this industry evolve completely you know upside down with the advent of internet advent of geo now internet becoming more accessible to people so what are the changes which you uh, you know have witnessed throughout these years change in this particular industry
1: um i see a distinct change in the way the consumers are consuming content you know um for example i am very particular about the kind of because All of us, right? we don't have enough time in a day, even 24 hours, we fall short of. So even if I'm spending half an hour on my Instagram looking for inspiration or looking for content, I'm very particular about people that I'm following um, and the content that really inspires me. So um, I think the consumers these days, they are very smart. They know exactly what they want to consume. Precisely why we have even Instagram as a big platform today starting off with subscriptions, you know, uh, for the U.S. So, for example, um, uh, you know, now the subscribers will have to pay money to view the content. So tomorrow, when you or me as a consumer, we have to pay money, I will not pay money to someone who's just making reels on um, a trending song and dancing to it, right? <laughs> I would want to invest that money somewhere wherein I will either learn Or have a good time. So funny content is fun. Um, So all these things, right? So I see a very vast um, transition uh, in the way the consumers are basically consuming content. Yeah. Yeah, That's a
0: very unique take from a consumer's perspective, right? And that someone who has been in the, uh, you know, not been in the industry, who has been working very actively in their industry and in this particular blogging industry would know of. And that is something which... I didn't have a perspective and now if I create content, I would actually be, you know, uh, considering this particular perspective into it. So you no, know, Ubasheed brings us to a next part, you know, you've worked in the corporate and now you're doing the blog and you, you're working as a blogger and as an influencer. But there is one thing which I say is common, which I feel is now common, you know, when I was listening to you, it really made me. In office, we have that appraisal cycle, you know, where your boss will come in and you will discuss about the work you're doing. They will criticize you, but in a very controlled environment, okay? That's factor, you know, yes. As what we call it, the sandwich, uh, you know, HRs call it the sandwich uh, feedback, you know, good thing, then the bad thing, then again a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but in the influencer world, it's not there. It's very blunt. People will come from random places, hidden faces, hidden accounts, and they'll just bombard your DM or your comments, uh, comment section, and they will say all the mean things in a very bad way. So, how do you deal with it? And, you know, like, uh, how do you react and how do you actually, uh, you know, keep your peace of mind there and try not to respond? How do you deal with that hate?
1: Okay, now I have two answers for it. The first one, I have had, like you said, N number of people sliding into my DMs, very politely uh, talking shit um, about me. And I was very good at ignoring. So I just turn off. Um, that's, that's my way of dealing with it. But now that I also put out content of my... Of my daughter, Adore. I mean, I put a lot of videos of her. I put her stories. And when I have people um, sliding, talking negative about her, I think that's one part that I'm struggling with. And I don't give back to them. But what I started doing, and that gives me, I wouldn't call it happiness, but I like shaming them. So what I would do is I would take a screenshot. I would just block them. And I would put it on my story saying that, you know, get well soon. This guy is like this person has literally lost it. And then I have I have I'm blessed with a very good set of follower account. And you know, I connect with most of them uh throughout my DMs. And then I know that these guys are gonna take care of the bully. But um I think sometimes it's very important for us to even call these bullies out because these are nameless people. They are behind their screens and they you know, it, basically there's no scrutiny on them. You can't really put them in person. Um, and these are the people who would never come to your face and speak the same thing. So just call them out. Either you ignore, which I do for a lot of cases. And if I cannot ignore and it's really pissing me off, I would just call them out. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that, how i deal with them yeah, that's
0: a good <laughs> thing you know to calling them out because that really puts a fear into them okay that i'm not going to get you know unscathed there will, there will be consequences on to what i'm trying to do yeah so uh, you know that that's a very good take to it you know Ruvashi, you, your story is very nice you know like i i really wish i could become as big an influencer you are at some uh, point in time my gosh okay <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so you, you wow. know that really uh helps us to grow so what are the things which you have, you know, recently changed, you know, as, as the whole blogging market is changing? So what are the things which you have changed recently, or, you know, things which you are facing challenge, like, I would basically put it as like, the challenges which you might have faced in your journey recently with the, you know, the lockdown happening, more people coming into it, so you're getting more exposure into it. So you have to, you know, uh, cater to your audience, so you have to, you know, do tweaks to your content. So what are the challenges you face and how you have overcome them?
1: Um, One of the main challenge, and this is clearly my challenge that I've had in the past. So I think with the lockdown, like you mentioned, uh, we had to become self-dependent in terms of creating content. So back in Bombay, of course, I used to work with a great guy. And whenever I go back to Bombay, I work with him. Piyush is his name, and he's a fantastic guy uh, to work with. But I had a lot of his support uh, to create content, which is in terms of editing the videos and stuff like that. When I moved back to Dubai and of course there was a lockdown, I still wanted to create content because that generally gives me happiness. But I was not very good at the editing part of it. So um, that was my biggest challenge. So what I did was to learn uh, Adopt Premiere Pro. Um, So basically it's upgrading yourself, uh, which I think many of us have done in the whole lockdown. And trying to make the content as rich as possible with your own abilities to do so. So that was my biggest challenge was to get acquainted with editing. And now I'm putting a video every day, uh, every working day of the week. So it's just brushing my skills and trying to get hang of it. But that's what I have learned. And that was the challenge that I faced the most.
0: Okay. So, you know, like that's, that's the most important part of being a creator that you, you know, we all come through roadblock. It's not going to be a smooth sailing journey. At point, your content, you will have to tweak to make it more relevant because the people who are following you keeps changing. I mean, like, you know, like there will always be a new set of people coming in and there will be that's a wave, I guess, you know, there's a whole difference, like 30 to 40% of your audience changes totally over a period of time and maybe a year or so. So now you have to tweak your content so that your old people who are still watching you are not lost and the new ones are actually engaged. So, you know, that's uh, as you mentioned that, uh, you know, you have to upskill yourself and uh, so uh, who is your most favorite influencer if you would say and you know like who inspire you and like who like by whose work you are most inspired by
1: um i really like style me up with sakshi um she is fantastic she's a very well known influencer uh one thing if i have to pick as a as to why i love her the most i think we all have our own negatives right um but then sitting down sadly on our negatives how do we use it to our benefit and work around it and have that happy vibe. Um, that is something that I learned from that lady and kudos to her for pulling that off. Uh, I'm certain that she gets bullied. I mean, I follow her quite rigorously and I, I see that there are a lot of bullies sliding into her DMs and pulling her down or trying to pull her down. But the vibe that she works with, that happy note that she spreads across, that is something that I absolutely admire about her. So, Yeah.
0: I mean, like, it all boils down to how you're reacting to a particular scenario rather than, you know those scenarios, because the, all different kinds of scenarios are going to present yours uh, like in front of you. So, Obishi, it's very nice, you know, like, we're talking to you, it's a very good vibe, to be very honest, because, you know, you have a very positive Amazing outlook, to... yeah, yeah, po- very positive outlook to a lot of negative things, I would say, I'm not saying negative, but yeah, a lot of challenging things in general. So, uh, you know, like, what's the biggest challenge you have faced so far? And, you know, like, uh, like uh, how do you overcome those challenges? Not, not necessarily from a you know, blogging perspective, Perspective, generally in life is what I'm trying to ask. So, you know, like how do you manage your time basically between your job and your your career as an influencer? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, that definitely. So um, I did face this challenge when I started working here in Dubai and the work um, considering that it's very demanding and I had basically a whole industry shift. So I always have been into construction and here in Dubai, I'm in retail, which is like a complete game changer. Um, so I did struggle initially to maintain everything and I had nobody he- here to help my with help us with my daughter with our daughter. Um, so what I tried to do eventually was space it out. Um, I got better in at planning, you know, so to say, so I kind of started planning. So weekdays, I don't have time at all to work on my content. So I made it very clear and we have a very mutual understanding where, I told my husband, Krish that, you know, what Saturdays are for me, I'm going to create content because that really makes me happy. Um, as much as like, I can stay up all night. Um, editing the videos and creating and planning my calendar ready in terms of content for the next week Um, and Sundays are for me to take care of my daughter and you know have a gala time with her and weekdays it's only for my job uh, which is what eight to nine or whatever that is and then of course it's for my daughter and what I have consciously started doing lately is that, um because, like you mentioned, it's very important to also have and maintain a contact, connect with your um you know followers, which is very crucial. I would put her to bed by ten thirty and ten thirty to eleven, eleven fifteen is when I would reply to all the comments and keep up with it and keep the post for the next day ready the last night. so that morning, at 7.38, I would just post it, uh, just pop it out. <laughs> so that's how I basically plan.
0: You're basically like a superwoman, you know, like who is, you know, managing the time, yeah, planning your time and planning your day out between the work and the social media part and your family. And that is something which I would personally need to take a lot of a lot of care, you know, you're planning my day out because for me, it's very haphazard. And not because I have a lot of work, just because... I'm a lazy sort of a person, so that becomes a little bit of wishy-washy. Yeah,
1: me, you're all hard. <laughs> yeah my trust me, we all
0: are. Yeah, my
1: my mom, my mom tells me one thing that you know, when you when you're when you're there in the ocean drowning, you will learn how to swim. So basically, you just need to get into water, and when you know that there's nobody else who's gonna come push you out, not even God, so you will have to just help yourself up.
0: So, no. <laughs> that's a yeah really good take and it reminds me of the movie dangal where amir says no ki tumhara papa sirf tumhe hai, to tumhe <laughs> So that is a very exactly. good take, you know, like planning it out is very important. So, Uh, Ushi, so like, you know, like we have talked about your entire journey, how you have transformed, you know, and how you have evolved. Basically, the most important part is evolving and staying relevant because in this ever changing, you know, industry and influence of so fashion an industry where things change in a whiff, you know, some one Sunday, is something else. And the next weekend is a totally new fashion, which nobody has any idea about. And you, I know, seem to have cracked the code on, you know, how to stay relevant and how to stay consistent and mo- most importantly how to manage time so if there is anyone who's trying to make you know space into this basically fashion influencer who's trying to you know started their journey what would be your advice to them you know how it works and like is it only about wearing fancy clothes like i'm, I'm very sure it's not about that so what it is about you know what they should more focused on because people mostly conceive fashion influencers as someone who is you know Uh, fit and they wear very fancy clothes and that's a general notion that's a very wrong I would say if I see because I've seen a lot of people who have you know uh, broken the general norms which are there and doing great as a fashion influencer so you know what is your take on this and like what would you suggest as somebody who's you know just entering up this field and like how can they make a career out of it because we in in, an Indian society uh, we cannot like our parents cannot understand what is this is, is this a career and it's not their fault at all to be very honest, because they have not seen something like this. So what is your take onto it? And, you know, how do you uh, feel uh, Can this can be improved? Or what is your advice to them?
1: So I have, um, I will answer your question in two parts. In part one, how to make a name for yourself uh, in the fashion blogging um, industry. My only advice that I have always practiced and adhered to is that, you know, just be yourself just don't do anything because somebody else is doing. So for example, when I started blogging and documenting my fashion style or whatever you may call it, I was only doing office wear because uh, not because nobody else was doing or not because somebody was doing and I wanted to be so, but precisely because I had my interest in it. And of course, I saw that there's a humongous gap in the fashion influencer Uh, community. So even today, if you go up, look for Indian fashion influencers who are only doing corporate wear, you will not find anyone. Um, So it's very important that you do something that you are genuinely passionate about um, and not just because somebody else is doing. Like you rightly mentioned, it's not about just buying clothes and wearing it. Um, um, The second thing that I started also doing is to um, rewear a lot of my clothes. Now one of the aspects that I don't uh, aggressively work on, so sustainability, like a lot of people have this misconception that you know sustainability is about buying a certain fabric um, or which are comparatively more expensive than the usual fabric. But a major part of sustainability is also about re-wearing your own clothes, uh, which a lot of people were not doing. So how do you make it more interesting? Like you shop in your own closet every day. And how do you style it differently without making it look boring, right? So being consistent and being genuinely passionate about a particular subject. Now, fashion also can be broken down into streetwear, into um, corporate wear, into casual wear. So it's very important to find that niche for yourself. Otherwise, if all of us are wearing the same clothes and putting up videos on it, I I don't think there's anything. I mean, I wouldn't want to see that. I'm not sure about you, but I wouldn't want to see that. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's part number one. And part number two, um, how do you make a living out of it? Um, I do have my apprehensions when it comes to making a living out of it because, like I mentioned um, at the beginning, is that the industry still is very um, unclear and not structured, right? So you still have people, PRs, and brands expecting you to do do it for free. Um, so for one to start and you know, making a living out of it, it would take some time. Uh, but I personally wouldn't completely rely on a career plan, which is whimsy. Um, I, would, I would prefer having a constant source of income um, and dealing with people who are more structured than just saying that, you know what, we have to be practical, right? At the end of the day, uh, we all need money to survive. We all need money for our basic necessities. So, I cannot say that, you know, what I want to be a fashion influencer and start earning money. Um, I will get a lot of freebies, you know, we all get, <laughs> but I will not get to eat and, you know, have the AC on throughout the day. So, it's important to be practical and, you um, as, as much as we all are passionate about it, but practicality is something that we should not
0: forget. I truly agree with you on the second part, you know, because I am someone who believes, truly really believes in that and that is what I'm doing also. So, you know, and, and that's very important to have a plan B. People say only have plan A, plan A, plan A. I don't believe in it. It can work for some people. It does not work for me. I need to have a safety net so that, you know, I'm sure because that is when I give my plan A my 110%. Because if I don't have a plan B, I'm always worried about, you know, what will happen if... I am that person. So it works well for me if I have a safety net so that I know, okay, this might not work. And so I have something. So I'll give my everything that, but I still have something to fall back on. And, you know, that that's something which I really, uh, you know, relate with you. So Urbashit has been an amazing conversation, you know, where we have, you know, transform like you know transfers through your complete journey, how you started in your corporate job, how you took something which was very personal to you, and now you're putting it out. And that really shows in the kind of work which you're doing because it's very intricate, you know, because when you're doing just for the money or just for the sake of it, it's very surface level. It's not, it does not have those intricacies which are there reflective on your work, of your work, which we can see and you know it's been an ab- it has been an absolute pleasure to have you as a guest and you thank you so much for taking out your time and before you know uh, we uh, close the show we would just like you know to if you have any some parting thoughts which you can give us to, which, which you can give to our audience it would be really nice
1: something that i uh, tell to my husband and my close friends um, um is that it's very very important to have um a drive or a passion towards a certain thing it can be music it can be trekking gymming um because see no matter what we say what we do we will never have a perfect life none of us do no matter how much we try to portray um, on instagram and our social media and none of us does but especially it's during the lows is when your passion or your hobby comes to your rescue right so it's very important to have not no relationship is perfect um and when you are on your lows and you don't have like your passion is something that you would always go to when you're at your lows and it will pull you out so I believe in that I practice it in my life Uh, whenever I'm I'm like really sulking whether it's my office or it's some silly little fights which we all have I will turn to my passion to pull me out of it and I'm sorted. So yeah, have passion in life apart from your work and the relationships that you have. It really helps.
0: <laughs> so true. And you know, like your passion and your hobby is just like the life jacket which makes you, know, which does not let you drown. It just lets you keep afloat and you, but you need to know how to swim in order to make it work. So, you know, Vajee, it's been an amazing conversation with you. It has been such a nice thing. It it was an absolute pleasure to have you as a guest on our show. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this.
1: Thank you so much, Anurag. The pleasure has been fantastic. It didn't feel like I was talking to you for the first time. It was a very nice and friendly chat that we had. And I'm, I'm so glad I could speak my heart out and have a platform like yours. It's fantastic to be here.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of M-Square. And it was an amazing conversation with Ms. Urbashi Chaudhary. We have gathered so many insights from her. And, you know, she being someone who has been into the content industry for the past 12 to 14 years. And the experience and the stories which she has shared with us is truly immense. And it gives us real pleasure to talk to her and, you know, the kind of insights she had into the content marketing uh, world really, really, uh, you know, really inspires us to be creating better content and to get better at our content every day. Uh, We would really uh, like to thank Ms. Urbashi Chaudhary for taking uh, out some time for us and for our audience who are listening to us and, you know, sharing our actionable insights and some of the really amazing insights from the world of content marketing. Thank you so much, Urbashi, ma'am, for sharing. Uh, your insights and giving us your precious time. Thank you so much. And we would like to thank all our listeners for constantly showering us with so much support and also please do listen to our episodes with Mishruti Seth. Uh, they are already uploaded on all uh, our broadcasting platforms and you can check out the videos out on YouTube. Also do follow us on Instagram at Podcasts, and my personal handle is anuragmanik7 and do subscribe to us on your YouTube channel and do not forget to check out our Instagram stories and Instagram posts because we are doing a lot of contests, twist contests, and many more contests. And we are also going to host, we are also going to host some of the giveaways. So stay tuned on our Instagram channel that is an N Square Podcast. And this is up for today. And this is your host, on Manik, signing off. And as we always say, until next time, stay quirky, stay different.